Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach here with another fantastic interview. This is going to be very, very fun because it's slightly up our alley with what Stephanie and I are doing living on our boat here. But um, my guest is Andy Steves. Let me introduce him. He was born into a traveling family. Growing up, Andy ventured to new countries every year with his father, who is the renowned travel writer, Rick Steves, from tagging along for the ride while his father updated guidebooks, produced TV shows, and researched new tours. Andy developed a deep love of travel at a young age. It was this lifelong passion that inspired him to launch Weekend Student Adventures in 2010, a student tour company focusing, or that focused on introducing young, young travelers to Europe. This is now active in more than 18 European destinations with an award-winning guidebook, a travel podcast, and new adventures on the horizon. Andy shows no sign of stopping. Andy, it's so fun to have you on the program. Jim, thanks so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, I don't know, because um, I know, you know we use uh, interview connections and other people to bring us guests. I don't know if you know, my wife and I moved, and we live full-time on a boat for a year now, so we're, we're quite the travelers ourselves. I was just going to say, I'm an avid uh, aspiring sailor, so uh, I'm sure we have some, uh, some boat stories to share. So cool. So, um, so it sounds like you've got so much inspiration from watching your dad and, and just, you know, being obviously being part of that whole lifestyle. And then did you say when you were in college, did you start this or, or were you not in college? I can't remember. Yeah. So, so I grew up traveling with my dad every summer of my life. Um, he'd go over to Europe for quite a bit of time to update his guidebooks or, or lead tours or make TV shows. And so my mom, my sister and I, we'd go visit him wherever he was in order to break up those, those long trips. So mm. one summer we might go to the Black Forest in Germany. Another, we might visit Venice, Florence and Rome or head to Ireland one year. And so I was just a sponge kind of soaking up all these practical travel skills, but also, um, um, you can't help but kind of soak up as well a little bit of my dad's travel philosophy, trying to travel close to the ground, um, traveling affordably, traveling in a respectful and engaging way. And so I studied abroad in Rome in the spring of 2008. And that's when a need, a huge uh, kind of market gap just opened up right in front of me. It naturally fell to me to organize my friend's travel on the weekends. We had three-day weekends and we could hop on a night train or a budget flight and wake up in Prague or spend spring break in Sicily. And that was such a magical experience for me that I wanted to continue living the dream. And I took advantage of my extra time at Notre Dame and developed a business plan for my company, Weekend Student Adventures. So graduated in May and started my company in June and ran our first tours in October of 2010. Wow. So no, mo no moss grows under your feet as they say. That's no, pretty I, impressive. I stay moving. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm just curious, Andy, what did you, what were your studies in school? 
I studied industrial design and Italian language and literature. So, um, you know, I didn't really plan on going into the travel industry. I was really kind of looking to broaden my horizons, at least for a while outside of college. And then maybe it'd make sense to go back into the family business. But I at least wanted to, to try something different. Um, so what I really like doing is understanding how things work, but I definitely don't have an engineer's mind. I can't, you know, compute thermal coefficients or uh, any number of things that are out there. I, I don't know, but I like to understand generally how they work. So I love transportation design. I was going into, I was halfway through an application to the Politecnico di Milano, where we would, uh, where I would pursue a master's in, in yacht design, in boat design. But then I just, I was like, wow, this is a great need. And it's, it's a market niche for student travel that I have experience for. So why not give this a shot? University is always going to be there, but I felt like it was the right time where I had really nothing to lose. So I'm curious when you, so obviously it's niche to students, hence the name Weekend Student Adventures. Did you did you see that need or it's interesting that, you know, a lot of college kids don't have much money or a lot of time to, to travel or is it, are you attract, do, do people from like the U S go to Europe? Are you, are you based in Europe attracting European college students to travel within Europe or, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to share a little bit more about that. So Weekend Student Adventures, first off, if I could rename the company, I would. So a bit of advice for your listeners, pick a name that doesn't back you into a corner. Yeah. Because <laughs> we do more than just weekend trips now. We do more than student tours. Um, we take custom trips all around Europe. We have an extensive lineup of amazing local guides who, who are passionate and great about sharing about their culture, their history, their language to visitors in their hometown. Um, I'm so excited to share that experience with travelers of all ages and of, of several different budgets. Um, and you're right, students are tight on budget, they're tight on time, and they're tight on attention span. So whether it's the book or our marketing efforts or our tours, we really go at, we, we try to meet our consumer and our customer with the mindset that they bring. We're not trying to do a kind of a, a long, dry art history lecture um, in, on the streets of Paris or in Rome. It's so much more rewarding to go in and, and kind of show students why this changed society, how this influenced history and, and how this changed their culture. Um, and, you know, for me, that's a really personally rewarding experience. So I'm fortunate to be able to do what, I'm, what I think I'm good at, what I'm passionate about, and what I really believe in um, of the, the, the value of it too. That's awesome. I'm a pretty good marketer and that's how I make my living. So I'll give you some free advice and hope it's worth more than that. But, you know, you don't have to rename the whole company. You can just drop the weekend. You could just be student adventures, right? Because... Yeah, and um, we've also evolved towards more WSA Europe, just WSA Europe. I've actually been leading a tour of mine, and people didn't know who I was or what WSA stands for. So for people to respect and know the brand enough to, to pay, hand over their hard-earned money, um, uh, I felt that was a good sign. That is a great sign. You know, the other thing I've noticed is that um, a lot of entrepreneurs um, think that there's way farther along in brand recognition and name power than they actually are. You know, like 10 years, if we we're looking 10 years into the future, Andy, and you look back and say, I should have changed it in 2018 or something like that. So it's usually not, it, anyway, it's not a big deal, but. No, that's, not, that's a good point. We're also evolving into uh, Andy Steve's travel, just as a general kind of umbrella brand. So um, again, WSA is such a market niche of Americans studying abroad for four months in Barcelona or Florence or London. 
um, with three day weekends and they zip around on the weekends. Um, but I can use that same tour infrastructure and know-how and appeal to a much wider segment of the traveling public under Andy Steve's travel. Awesome. So as a marketer, I have to ask you, when you started the, the weekend student adventures in 2010, how did you start to market it and get the word out? Yeah. So when I studied in Rome, there were other tour companies out there, but I felt that they just focused on booze cruises and toga parties and pub crawls at the expense of cultural experiences and connecting with locals. So for two years, I developed a business plan that would really highlight how we're different than our competition um, and really try to appeal to uh, not just students, but their parents who are likely paying for it and university administrators who are the gatekeepers to this market segment. And so I needed to be professional and safe to administrators. I needed to be safe and educational for parents, and I needed to be fun and exciting for students. It's a very um, challenging uh, model as we've built it, just because with every service, we're, we're providing uh, value to three different stakeholders. And so we've always got to walk that fine line um, because if, if we make it too serious looking, no student's ever going to want to actually just go on the tour. And on the flip side of the coin, no parents going to want to pay for just a, a party. Right. So, so um, in terms of our marketing plan, that was, that was our path to market. And um, ever since we've been relying on positive connections with local administrators to let us in and, and speak to their students. So cool. So who is your target niche now? Are, are you, do you ever like really focus down or how, how do you, how do you, what, and how do you market now? Like today? Mm -hmm. So again, it's our, um, we are involved in the association for all the administrators who are involved in uh, international study. And that could be Chinese going to Brazil, it could be uh, Australians going to Norway to study or Americans going to Europe. And um, when we put out our word about what we're doing, uh, we have a, a study abroad scholarship, I wrote a guidebook, I have a podcast, we're on social media, we use all of those in concert to just make them as much noise as we possibly can. We're a small team. So um, we've really got to focus on making sure that we get traction in our marketing efforts. And uh, of course, we put out a newsletter. Um, we've been collecting tens of thousands, tens of thousands of emails for the last few years. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a multifaceted uh, approach that, that we try to uh, maintain. What's the average cost for a student to go on a, a, like a weekend adventure? Our standard tours so that's three days, full-time guide, two nights in a great hostel, um, your two key sites. So that's the Colosseum in the Vatican in Rome, the Anne Frank House in the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam, Eiffel Tower in the Louvre in Paris. Um, we include that, your local transportation in the city, and some other cultural experiences. So it could be eating a, a, a raw herring in Amsterdam, which is a cultural experience. <laughs> um, in Barcelona, a tapas crawl and a, a flamenco dance show, um, and going into the Sagrada Familia. So these are really designed to check all the boxes that you got to check on your first three days in any one of these cities. But also our local guides help you get off the beaten path, um, enjoy some great nightlife in all these different places, um, and stay active. In Budapest, we go to the thermal hot spring baths. We go on a caving expedition underneath the city, a, po a party boat um, on the Danube, escape games, all sorts of interesting stuff. That and given our reviews, I feel like we're on the on the right track. It's been it's been a great challenge putting that all together. Anyways, to answer your question, all of that usually goes for 200 euros per person per weekend. Um, 
And then we offer spring break trips. Central Europe is about 900 euros and Italy is about a thousand. So, um, you know, round up by 20% for all those numbers to get a dollar figure. That is, wow, that's really fascinating. So I'm wondering, is there any way um, that a trip like this could tie into their university studies? Is there any credit? Could it be, uh, you know, accredited or sanctioned? I don't know what the right word is, by the, by the universities? I think there's a huge opportunity for that, but I've been, um, it's an uphill battle to come in and say that you're an extracurricular weekend tour company for profit. Um, and not that we're making that much profit, but we're, you know, we're trying to sustain uh, a lifestyle and, mm-hmm. and payroll. <laughs> yep. And we go in, um, I think there'd be huge value in taking students uh, to Paris, Barcelona, and Rome and comparing those cultures or go to London and Dublin and having kind of a seminar where you meet once a week to kind of discuss your last city that you've visited and anticipate the next one and and discuss um, points in history where those two societies interacted, whether they overlapped or, or battled it out or um, discuss the, the current economic ties between these different countries, um, especially now given, you know, Brexit and the issues with Northern Ireland and Catalonia trying to break away from Spain. Now is a time where we can learn a ton as long as we pay attention a little bit. So right. I think there'd be huge value in, in building in, say, three uh, weekend excursions plus a seminar but unfortunately we haven't been able to uh to land that with a partner it occurs to me you know um it might be helpful to get one of the professors whether it's the history or whatever you know some get one of the professors to come along and therefore be your your champion with the university or something yeah yeah it's a different game so if you're if you're going into trying to develop a business for students um in higher education um you've just got to anticipate that these institutions think on a you know, a, a decade or a 50 year cycle, whereas we're just thinking about the next quarter, you know, so um, there's tons of concerns about liability and uh, worrying about whether or not they're endorsing us. So these different things um, have, have been a, uh, an interesting challenge along the way for sure. Yeah. Do you, I'm just curious if you and your, um, your travel guides, do you guys do Instagram? Yes, you can check me out at Andy Steve's Travel. Um, that's my kind of personal and author uh, page. And then WSA Europe as well has some great shots of uh, kind of highlights of all the different cities that we run to. I will check that out. And um, yeah, because my wife is uh, getting me on Instagram and took the whole course and everything. It's like those little 15 second videos where it's kind of behind the scenes. So many people watch those because yeah. it solves the curiosity factor. Jim, but- I need to take that. You said you took a course? Yeah, my wife, no, my wife, I'm so busy. I said, we need to be on Instagram. I said, good, you take the course and I'll, I'll just let you do it for me. <laughs> yep. Because I need to, I'm, it took me months to figure out my password. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so I'm very much on the learning curve. So if you have any recommendations, I'm all ears. Um, you know what? I'll yeah. email you or, or text you after the uh, interview. Because I, I, I don't know what she did, but it was a pretty long course. I think it was like 300 bucks, but she learned an awful lot about the design, all, all kinds of things. So I'll, I'll make sure she shares that with you. In, in this day and age, it's worth it for sure. Oh my um, gosh, yeah. An exciting thing is I just, um, uh, my, my publicist at my publisher, uh, we've been focusing on interacting with bigger brands uh, to kind of uh, endorse products that I use myself on the road already. And so I just got home from four months on the road and I have um, boxes from Bose, uh, wireless speakers and headphones to dig through and make uh, uh, kind of review videos as well as Zenbo, like clip on wide angle lenses for your phone, all sorts of stuff that I got to dive into. So this would be a great thing to to, to check out as well. That is super fun. You know, we follow some folks on YouTube. Um, 
uh, folks who are on catamarans and like full-time travelers. And because they built an audience, uh, you know, like Garamond and all these sailing, different companies. Yeah, sailing the Vegabond is the, is the greatest channel out there. Yeah, and, and um, Gone with the Winds is another one if you're in. So that's, we, we check those folks out. Where, so, where are you guys right now at the moment? Right now, we're, we're working. We were down in Florida. We're, work, we're in, actually, as you and I are talking, we're in Hampton, Virginia on our way to the northern Chesapeake Bay, which is our home port. And then we'll, we're going to go back up to New England this summer, which is beautiful. So we just, we just move around. As long as I got Wi-Fi, which is a hell of a challenge yeah. to do calls like this, but then we can be pretty much anywhere. We have four feet of water. Hey, that's great. So tell me about your podcast. Yeah, so we've completed a 22-episode first season, and that we finished that last year. Um, I'm kicking up for the second season right now as we speak. I have interviews every day. We're trying to drop in June of 2018, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, the, the podcast is really just... Um, it came from the fact that I am so fortunate to meet and interact and work with amazing, interesting local guides, fascinating people from all over the world that I cross paths with, whether I'm running my tours or, or writing my guidebook. Um, so I just said, you know, I sent out a blast email. Hey, friends, um, I'd love to chat with you for 45 minutes and we're going to make a 22 minute episode out of it. Um, let's talk about your three favorite things, whatever they might be. And so we've featured Budapest. We featured Ireland and St. Patty's Dublin. Uh, we've talked about the digital nomad lifestyle, how to kind of break out of the nine to five, all these different things. Um, and all I am is somebody that's just asking the some basic questions and having a great conversation. So it's been a really fun uh, project. Definitely um, catch up on season one. And then by the time you're there, uh, there should be the, the set of episode two uh, or um, season two episodes out for you to, to check out as well. Right. And, and, and you wrote a book as well that, uh, when did that launch? Uh, Andy Steve's Europe, yep. city hopping on a budget. <clears throat> That's it. Andy Steve's Europe, city hopping on a budget. Um, it's available on Amazon and in Barnes and Noble. But of course, I always say support your local bookstore. Um, this book first came out in 2016. And it was really just a... Uh, I, I just fleshed out and wrote up all my notes from the last eight years running my tour company. The cool thing about this guidebook is it's had thousands of paying customers for WSA go through these itineraries that I've developed for each of the 13 cities that I feature. And so each chapter starts off with a recommended three-day itinerary. That's the same itinerary I use in my tours. And this way people can kind of um, create their own adventure. Uh, I love my dad's guidebooks. I honestly think they're the best out there. But when I travel with them, I often am falling under the the budget that they recommend for restaurants and hotels. They're getting pretty nice now and pretty pricey. So, and I felt like it was lacking a little bit on nightlife. So I wanted to design something for the millennial, maybe say from 18 to 40, uh, people who are into um, affordable options for accommodation, um, trendy and interesting nightlife, uh, uh, kind of the latest restaurants that are popping up. And of course, have all the recommended sites that you got to see when you go through Europe for the first time. So I was really happy with how it came out. It's 
outsold Let's Go and it matched Lonely Planet. So I just, I couldn't believe how well the book did. Uh, and then my publisher said, hey, let's make a second edition. So I spent all of 2017 researching and writing and it just came out in early April of 2018. The next a lot, of, a lot of fun writing a book, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun and a lot of steps. I put in about a million steps um, for uh, when I was researching this book, about 20,000 a day um, for, for four or five days a week across all these different cities. So um, it was busy, but, uh, but I'm really happy by the way it's turned out. So what's in your future? I mean, let's say five years down the road, I was interviewing you again on, on where WSA is now. What, what, are, what are some of your hopes and dreams as to grow oh, it? I, I created a five-year plan in my business plan uh, eight years ago. And as soon as I started my company, that went out the window. I really can't tell you, Jim. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a fun project. I'm working on it every day. I have a great team of a core team that helps me run the tours. And then 13 local guides all around Europe. Uh, we have all sorts of summer trips lined up. Um, I'm planning on building out andysteves.com as Andy Steve's travel base that can do custom travel consulting. Um, we have a travel product called Detours. So <clears throat> one of the problems that I was facing is that students feel that they didn't want to sign up an entire weekend of their time to take a tour with a company that they didn't know already. Mm -hmm. um, they wanted a little more independence. So I was like, well, if I can't offer a tour, what kind of value can I offer to them to sell to them? Um, and I realized if I write up a 10 page chapter for Paris or Amsterdam or Berlin um, and recommend you know, what to do in your time, and have listings for restaurants and nightlife, I can sell that, I can package that with accommodation and two key sites. I can put that confirmation information into that PDF that I send them. And that way they can just print that out and show that at the door of the Coliseum or the Sagrada Familia or the Eiffel Tower and skip the line into those sites, but they do it at their own pace. And that's been a product that we call Detours. And that's something that's been really popular. I'm eager to build that out and improve them and, and keep updating those because it's kind of the perfect blend between a guidebook that does nothing for you. It's all up to you to make those reservations and a tour that does too much. So it's, it's kind of like a sweet spot in the middle. Yeah. I mean, that's what Disney does. I mean, but they pay, they charge big bucks to get people walk across, you know, somehow go through a tunnel and come out the front of the line. Yeah. Big time. Wow. So what were some of the challenges? I'm curious when you were getting started, was it more the parents like ponying up the money? Like this is too much for a weekend or was it the kids saying, yeah, I want to go see a couple of things, but I don't want to be sitting on a tour bus or have to be here, have to be there. What, which is the bigger obstacle? Yeah, there's, that's the thing. When you start a business, you, there's no way that you can anticipate all the roadblocks that are going to be in front of you. You just have to take one at a time, take a deep breath and just kind of uh, plow through it or sidestep a brick wall and find a way around it. Um, one challenge that we've, that we've always had and we're always going to have is the fact that young travelers and, and young people in general, especially if you're still in college, you haven't really learned the value of money. You haven't learned um, that time is very valuable as well. So more often than not, we encounter students that would much rather spend more incrementally over a period of time than to make an investment up front that would save them money over time. So a lot of students look at our 200 euro price tag and think, 
geez, that's my, that's my beer money for the month, you know, and I understand that's a lot of money, but the value that you get for it. And if you were to go independently to any one of these cities like Paris, you're going to spend more than that out of the gate. And here we are, we can make all the headache reservations for you, all the sightseeing reservations for you. We have a great local guide who can really enhance your time in these different destinations. That makes such a big difference if you only have two or three days visiting a massive city like Paris. So um, that's been kind of a, a, a mindset or a culture that is is near impossible to to push against. You know, we just have to adapt and go with it. I'm just curious when you started in 2010, were you like 21 or so? 21, 22? I did. Uh, let's see. I was high school class in 2005 and I did five years at Notre Dame. So that puts me at about, I think, 23, 22, okay. 23. Yeah. When I'm with you being the face of the business, especially early on, was that a challenge? Cause I've seen the cover of your book. You got a, you got a pretty youthful look. I don't know if that's an old picture or you're just yeah, you got no, one of those young man looks. <laughs> I still, I still have uh, the baby face. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm fortunate for that. Um, it was a benefit because I could, I came to the table with quite a bit of experience. I had already worked as a tour guide for my dad's company for a couple summers. So um, leading a group of 12 university students wasn't a big deal for me. Like, uh, uh, practically. Um, and it also, again, this, this target market listens to their peers and values their opinion more than any other uh, source out there. So whether it's a guidebook or online or you name it, they're always going to take the word of their friends and people that they know over what somebody else says. So the fact that I could kind of blend in a little bit also helped that they, they would see me as a peer. Now I just turned 31. I got some gray hairs poking in the sides. <laughs> I don't know if I can blend in so well anymore. Yeah, being an entrepreneur will do that. You better get used to it. <laughs> um, so, man, this has been a, a really fun interview, and I um, really appreciate your coming on. I'm sure people want to connect with you, so give us a you know, website, your, your podcast, and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, sure thing. So, all my handles are Andy Steves Travel. The website is andysteves.com. Um, our weekend and week-long spring break tours are at wsaeurope.com. And, uh, yeah, give me some uh, uh, Instagram followers, and please comment with any tips that you have because I am definitely on the learning curve there. So I appreciate it. Great. Andy, thanks so much. Hey, Jim, happy sailing and uh, have me back anytime. It's always great to connect with you. You bet. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Andy Steves. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. Be sure to connect with me at my free Facebook group, Build Your Dream Business Now. That is dreambizgroup.com. That's the URL that will get you there. And uh, come back this time next week for another great interview. Until then, you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. <laughs> See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.